We're back in the wheelhouse talking all things growth, student and adult growth. Another episode of the wheelhouse begins right now. Welcome to Season 4 of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter. In this season, I am delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We'll focus on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. You know, in season three, we explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. We'll continue exploring accomplishment-driven leadership in this roundtable by thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to becoming accomplishment-driven leaders. At Students Matter, we believe it's a priority as educators to prove to each student and each teacher that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Hello and good morning and welcome back to The Wheelhouse. I'm here with my friends Kathy Money and Penny Brockway for another great discussion on the paradigm shifts that we make with accomplishment-driven leadership. Good morning. Hello, friends. You know, last week, in in the last couple of weeks, we've been really focusing on, on, on talking about growth. Uh, really, you know, really tearing up, tearing up, you know, feedback. And last week we kind of abused professional development and <laughs> professional learning light in a lighthearted way, right? Just to move us beyond thinking about that. Today, I want to talk about what might seem obvious to us, but it doesn't seem to be the way we always see things happening in schools. And that is this, this paradigm shift that says, you know, as an accomplishment-driven leader, of course, our goal is student growth, but we can't focus yet on student growth until we get adult growth. So that transit, that paradigm shift is, wait a minute, adult growth first, student growth to follow. That's our paradigm shift. And that seems obvious, doesn't it? Oh, sure. There, we're done. Episode's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious. You state it and you move on, right? Yeah. And it's a done deal. Yeah. Right. Focus on the adult learning first and then student growth will come. Yeah. Yeah. And why, why is that? Why is it that it seems so obvious, but it really isn't? So I was thinking about just our other episodes and even the titles of our other episodes, right? And the continual each student, each student, each student, and our belief in powerful student care, right? And so I think then it sometimes feels like we don't always take the time or have um, the support for how we get adults to that point. And um, so I don't think it's as obvious to people who aren't walking the walk or living it out um, because our conversation is always about students. So I think that's one reason it's not obvious. I think that 
what you just said, Penny, just reminded me of many conversations throughout um, our journey together has been around why is it one, why does one mean that we neglect the other? You know, so focusing Mm -hmm. on students doesn't mean we're not focusing on adults. Focusing on adults doesn't mean we're not focusing on students. Although I would argue that we can lend or, and, you know, pivot one way or the other in a more aggressive manner. I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but sometimes it feels like that um, to where when we're just focusing on adults, we tend to forget about students or if we're just focusing on students, we tend to forget about adults, which then leads to the back to what I started with, with that's really been the argument. Are people thinking that if we're student focused, it means we're not adult focused or for adult focused, we're not student focused. And I think there's been some beating up of that in our mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. Um, in at least my experience and my time frame uh, working in this field. Um, that you know, adult centric compared to student centric uh, decision making and thinking, mm-hmm. and um, we tend to um, swing hard one direction or the mm-hmm. other um, with with the shiny bright opportunities that, um, are afforded us. And so that's, that's probably a big reason we shy away from even talking about this, um, in some circles is because it might sound like we're talking about adult centric decision-making once again, mm-hmm. and going back there. Right. We, what we often see, and of course, you know, the state legislatures around the country kind of really help perpetuate that with this, you know, unrelenting focus on, you know, improving, improving proficiency on high stakes end of the year testing. And we are not saying by any means, we are not saying that student performance on high stakes end of the year testing isn't important. In fact, I think it's so important that it should be a low bar, not our goal, right? We, that should be the given, uh, absolutely mm-hmm. the given. And we should be thinking about things that really matter <laughs> because we already have that taken care of. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that we're struggling to do that makes me, makes me a, a, a bit crazy um, because the end goal, the end goal can't just be that that's mm-hmm. not what some what parents want for their children. It's not what we want for society is just proficiency on a high stakes end of the year test. We want more than that. Um, but yet that pressure focuses a lot of our attention on, you know, looking at student performance and benchmarks, you know, repeatedly, which is, you know, a good thing to look at, you know, but then the conversation I often, and maybe I'm wrong. So this is where I want you to jump in and say, you're wrong, Grant, but I often hear the conversation then about what students aren't doing, right? Um, I, If they're not at the benchmark level that we want them to be in, I don't hear a lot of and I'm kind of quoting my friend, the late John Manns, and he said it more graphically than I'm going to say it on this on this um, podcast. But but he's like, are we not all giving it our all? <laughs> are we all not teaching in the very best way we know how? And if that's the case in the assumption, and that's not getting us the results that we want, maybe we need to learn something new. Mm-hmm. Beautiful point, right? Nobody shows up. And this has been said in many ways. Nobody shows up to do a rotten job on any mm-hmm. given day. 
they really show up with the best they have, right? Whether this particular morning is your very best morning or not, you're going to do the best you can with what you have. And particularly educators and not to you know, ostracize any other uh, arena of work, but particularly educators who focus their lives on helping grow children. Mm-hmm. We show up to do the best we can, and we're using the tools we have in the best way we know how. Completely agree with Mr. Manns. As do I. Brilliant man. Mm-hmm. Um, was also just a very caring and loving man. So thank you for 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 bringing his wise words into this conversation. Um, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me because I just, I, this is bringing me back to, to every classroom, just trying right now and mid March, knowing state testing is, is beginning to, to, to begin, um, in a month and really just trying to get students ready for it. Right. So we, we are doing the best we can knowing that these stakes are really high, knowing that, you know, various identifications have happened to districts all across the state, you know, to make sure that they're proving that, you know, they're they're doing the right work to to ensure students are proficient in in core content areas. And so then we often kind of revert back to, well, I've just got to get kids ready. I've got to make sure that they ought to do this. And then we start to feel like, well, there's no way I can possibly have time to learn anything else right now. Mm-hmm. You know, how do, how do we balance this? I've, I've got to make sure kids are ready and how am I, uh, how is there any space for me to be continuing to learn and grow myself when I've just got to make sure they're ready for a test? It makes me think about the, the loving and kind spirit of Maya Angelou, right. And her statement about, we do the best we can. Mm -hmm. with what we know at the time. And when we know better, we do better. And uh, that is such a loving way to treat yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think about that all the time. And we, uh, how are we instilling that in the spaces where we work and the people that we work with? How are we helping them to embrace, this is what I know right now, and I'm doing the best I can How am I going to know the next step, right? So that I can better meet the needs of kids. We, Mm -hmm. um, we met with our brand new teachers, this as we do routinely and help them just come on board with, um, the processes and procedures and the deeper thinking of the district. And, uh, one teacher was talking about the process of trying something new and that, how do you help those who have been in the field longer see that sometimes these new things are maybe a better way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that really data helps us do that, whatever you want to call data, (laughs) end of the year test or students right in front of you for this five minutes and something that they were able to to speak and and bring to the forefront that you had never seen before. And um, often when they see a result that's different than what they've been able to get, we're able to move to a new conversation. And I think that's a really important um, lens to keep in mind. So let's think about, you know, or talk about for a minute, the, the thinking that goes into the, in, into the mind of the accomplishment-driven leader who realizes that paving the way for learning, adult learning now, right? Because we always focus on student learning every single day, but paving the way for adult learning should be every single day too. 
right? They should be completely interwoven, you know, um, because that's what that's what an accomplishment-driven leader realizes that you're not getting anywhere until you do that. And we this is hard, you know. This is and this is this this conversation is so important. Um, here's a non-example. <laughs> Here, and then we can let's dive then dive into the to the example. Our industry is absolutely overwhelmed by time, how we use time, and how busy we all think we are, right? And so I always question, of course, are we busy doing the right things? But that's another episode. <laughs> that's another episode. Here's my non-example, though. I'm working with a district, um, and they are going through some work to improve. Um, attendance is one of the things that they're going to, that they want to improve. And we know that there's a lot of, a lot of learning that needs to happen, you know, um, around the circumstances that we need to talk about and think about in terms of preventing chronic absenteeism, right? You can't wait till the end. You can't wait till they're already chronically absent. And then you got, you got to work on, on prevention. And there's a lot of things that go into that. And so, you know, organizing some learning, and yet the district struggles to find time to do that, right? Well, yeah, that's important, but, you know, we're in the middle of the school year. We can't, we can't do that now. <laughs> we can't, you know, can we do that in June? You know, well, sure, you can do it in June, but nobody comes to th- things in June. So, you know, it's just this different culture that says, well, we have to put learning we got to put learning on a calendar somewhere. We got to put it somewhere where we think we might have time and we might be able to engage versus looking at it in, a, in an accomplishment driven leader way, which we're going to explore in a moment. So first, what do you think of my non-example? I think that that's um, unfortunately the, <laughs> the common example, right? That's, I mean, it goes back to our previous conversation and really adjusting and kind of busting this way that we go about setting calendars and working on, you know, what, what works best within our, our, our 182 days or whatever, you know, our contract says to really focusing in on, um, do, you know, setting and embedding those times throughout and those people and processes throughout to support that learning based on what each educator needs that mm-hmm. that's a vastly different approach than the what we're used to which is setting a calendar and then trying to figure out you know ideally and on march what's today the what march 16th that it's now time to to learn mm-hmm. and i think you can't possibly learn in the way we learn best when you are focused on these big chunks, right? When you're eating a quarter of the elephant at a time or one fifth, if you have five PD days built into your year, (laughs) right? One fifth Mm -hmm. of the elephant all in one day. Um, So although those days might be built into a calendar, I think there's great creative ways to figure out how you then use, you know, your, your, um, 
Yep. Collaborative teams time, right? How you then use what we used to call staff meetings and turn them into these learning chunks. And how do you then in the same vein, Grant, from your non-example, how do you engage parents in the same way instead of these big events? How do you engage them over time in a regular routine basis? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I was just going to, I mean, I have talked previously about my time as an elementary principal. And I just think about how as a district, there may have been this, this calendar that was established for us, but as a building and what I, what I know now, you know, is really as an accomplishment driven leader to have those conversations and planning with my staff, to be able to say, we know we need more than that. We want more than that in order to continuously grow and learn ourselves in order to do, to provide better, better and better instruction in our classrooms. So it was really then about the conversations around. So how do we do that? So if we're required this many hours, how do we split that up? Can I have 15 minutes of your time once a week, just you and I, you know, in the morning, what does that look like? So really thinking outside of the box to be able to say, we know we need this continuous support, this, this continuous improvement, and we can do that in a very different way. We don't have to just stay to what is given to us that we have um, opportunities that we can come alongside each other, support each other along the way. And so if we invite our students to come to school every day, because we want them to learn something, right? Little nuggets, little nuggets mm -hmm. every day, right? And uh, in, in the summation of those little nuggets, you know, is a year's worth of learning and whatever that means, right? We're not, we're not going there. That's another episode too. Then we should expect, we should expect that our adults you know, because we're a learning organization, right? That we should expect that our adults come to school, come to work, and that we as the accomplishment-driven leader are responsible. That doesn't mean we have to do it all, but we're responsible for creating the environment mm -hmm. where learning occurs for adults every single day as well. And that doesn't have to be directed by me all the time. Mm -hmm. As the leader, there's all sorts of reflective ways that we learn and grow um, as educators as well, but that's what's that's what has to be in the mind. And when we say adult learn, adult growth first, then student learning, that's what we're talking about in this paradigm shift. Is that we got to turn our we got to turn our buildings into learn you know everyday learning organizations for adults as well. Yeah, and the same as we do when you know, this high stakes testing is happening. It's, you know, you do not disturb, you don't, I mean, it's, you, you all of a sudden shift into this mindset that, you know, that is hundred percent priority. Nothing can get in the way of that. That's the same thing that we have to have with our time with our educators. So we, we provide this opportunity, we build a, a schedule. So first grade teachers and, you know, second, every, every grade level has this time together, then it has to have that same level of priority. We have to value that time because we know that they're learning has to be priority. And so how do you, as the leader, shift that mindset within your building or district or whatever that looks like to ensure the same level of priority we put for students, we put for our adults? I was just going to say completely, it's that lens of protection, right? Mm -hmm. Protect them from 
the on the onslaught of stuff that's mm-hmm. going on at whatever level they don't need to be concerned with it. I mean, protect them from that, just like a teacher thinks about protecting their classroom yeah. from the noise of the hallway. Protect your teachers from the noise of the greater building or the district, right? So that they can get that work done. I think about that all the time when we're sitting in professional learning that is meant for the teachers. And I always have my principal hat on. And my Mm -hmm. classroom are my teachers, right? Mm -hmm. So when they're thinking about their kids in that lens, whatever that learning is, I'm constantly thinking about, and how do you do that for the adults? Because we grow the adult, we grow the adult, we Mm -hmm. grow the adult. And sometimes that means as that principal, um, you're stepping in and doing some things in order to protect Mm -hmm. that. So I think about a principal that I just recently had the absolute opportunity um, to work alongside um, and in she she was doing whatever it it took to make sure that that time for that person was uninterrupted. So when we're thinking about shortages and knowing that that is, you know, that's the reality across the state, across the nation, that there are times that, you know, we're understaffed and people have to step in. She didn't hesitate to be that person to say, no, you, you can't pull a, you know, an interventionist right now because their job is so vital, you know, with this time with our students, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step in for this time and I'm going to teach this class and I'm going to do what I, you know, it's all hands on deck. And the lens of the district level accomplishment driven leader, right? Protecting the principals in the same yes. way. Absolutely. That their focus is on their building and and the needs, and they have the availability to be that person who can step in at the drop of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we've proven that we know how to prioritize and protect when we think it's really important. We just have to decide that that level of priority and protection should also extend to adult learning and adult growth. Absolutely. any final thoughts on today's paradigm shift? When we started with, uh, you know, just Captain Obvious, right? This is, <laughs> we, we have to focus on adults in order to focus on students. Um, what a great conversation to be able to, to just bring ourselves back and hopefully those listening to, to really stop and think about how as accomplishment-driven leaders, we're setting priorities for our adult learning. And it makes me be really self-reflective of my own learning. Mm. How am I making sure that I too am learning step-by-step, day-by-day, the next thing I need in order to support the adult team that's in front of me so that team can support the adult team in front of them who are getting to children on a daily Mm -hmm. basis, right? How am I growing and learning? I think that's a vital um, first lens. Well, once again, thank you for joining me in this roundtable. Next week, we're going to, we're going to, talk about another paradigm shift, and that is moving us away from the status quo. But I'm not going to tell you what that paradigm shift is. We'll tune in next week and find out. And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of season four drop every Tuesday beginning February 7th and running through March 28th. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter, LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online course on accomplishment-driven leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar 
at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on LinkedIn or Mastodon, and of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify or any other place where you find your podcasts. It can also be found on our website uh, at Captivate, and that address is HTTPS forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this.